Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today we're talking about fishing new water with tournament angler Al Escobedo. This is a conversation I recorded back in February while out fishing in a wheelhouse. We were set up on a metro area lake fishing crappies and just talking some fishing. Back when I started my broadcast career back in the 1990s, sometimes we would return from a shoot and the camera would eat our tape. While we're not using tapes these days, we're still dealing with some technology problems on occasion. I shot this interview on two cameras and the camera card with the best audio crashed. The audio is still pretty good, but I did have to cut out parts of the interview when the furnace and the fish house kicked on. There's still some great nuggets in there, and while many of us are moving on from ice fishing, now is a great time to start finding new places to ice fish. Let's check out the interview. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. We are in the house, and we're with Alejandro Escobedo. I call him Al. What's going on, Al? How's it going, Chris? Thanks for having me on the podcast in this beautiful house to maybe catch a couple fish. Yeah, we were just about ready to get going here in the generator took a nap so we don't have our light running so we're kind of running off the off the house lights here but uh it's cool to have you on again the last time we were here i was with you in this house we were on the floor of the saint paul ice show uh we can't do that with covid this year but uh kind of brought the show to you and you uh made the trip out here to the lake to see me and to do this little chat and uh just want to thank you for doing that awesome man i, I really appreciate you having me and it's Makes it a lot funner when you can actually maybe catch a couple of fish while we're sitting here chatting. Yeah, we had cement underneath these holes the last time we were in this house together. But uh, tell me a little bit about what's been going on since uh, since we last talked. Oh, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty busy. Um, we're st- me and my partner Mario are still doing the Minnesota Made Tournament Series, doing some panfish tournaments across the metro. Um, we haven't quite traveled or done anything real exciting in, in the ice fishing world as we normally would do just because again with the COVID stuff it's kind of put a dampening on on some of the travel and some of those kind of trips um we've been up to I mean we've done like the otter tails and and just up in you know the Pine City area just a couple more a little bit of travel but nothing real far where we're staying real far away from home just getting out and enjoying when we can and obviously my main fishing partner is mario um and he actually just got engaged so he's been pretty busy i've been out doing a little more solo scouting and a little more tournament prep on my own and I mean, that's really all that's going on in that aspect so the furnace kicked on at this point i asked al how he finds new bodies of water to fish he said he actually had finding new water as a goal for this season he starts looking at lake maps on Navionics, netting reports from the DNR, and even satellite photos on Google Earth. Now, on Google Earth, he's looking for weed edges and pockets in big patches of weeds, because remember, Al likes to fish in shallow water. He works a full-time job. He has one young child and another one on the way. With his home life and his tournament fishing, he doesn't get to do as much of what he calls fun fishing as he'd like to, so he wants to make sure that he puts the odds in his favor when he does go exploring. And that's where the homework comes in. Now, once he gets on the hard water, the scouting begins. 
you still have to do quite a bit of searching even though you have those starting points of the maps and that's where you start getting into the camera work um you start looking for the green weeds because just because you see the picture of the map and it has a nice solid weed line or a big hole in there you, that picture might was probably taken in the middle of the summertime you go drill holes and you know 50 percent 60 percent of what you're drilling on that you think should be good weed lines turns out to be nothing but brown dead weeds that isn't holding any fish so there's still a lot of work once you actually get on the water but it's really nice to have some good starting points so you're looking to do that once you get out in the water um what kind of tool are you using to kind of point out where where the good weeds are the cameras that you're your best friend when you're fishing shallow water i know there's a lot of a lot of cool tools out there um you know your pan optics your live scope you got um you know all the different types of of location tools but when you're just looking for weeds and focusing on weeds there's really no better tool than a camera you know you, you're actually seeing what you can physically see what you're looking at you're seeing the quality of the weeds um and then obviously you're looking for fish tucked in the nooks and nooks and crannies where with some of those other tools it's it's a little more difficult to differentiate a, a weed stock with a with an actual fish and and how are you drilling holes i mean it's one of the things that you know i see a lot of as guys out struggling with the with the big gas auger and um, what are you guys using to open up your holes to take a look around what you're looking at I'm using the pistol bit from Eskimo. I use a six-incher because, like I said, I mean, the main thing I do is, is panfish, but even for walleyes or whatever I do, I mean, I've pretty much graduated to the six-incher for just about everything. I haven't had any problems yet. I mean, if I go out tip-up fishing or something like that, then I'd bring out the eight-incher, but the pistol bit has been an uh, amazing tool for me. I mean, it cuts really smooth, but the main thing I like about it is how lightweight it is. I mean, I drill, I can cut holes one-handed. I mean, that's basically how most of, most of the holes I drill. I mean, you got the camera on one hand and the auger in the other, or once you're fishing, if you're kind of cutting holes or hopping around, you got your, vex, your, your locator, your Markham, Vexlar, whatever it may be, in one hand with a rod, drill a hole, drop down, and fish it. I mean, that's not a lot of augers out there that you can do that with without breaking your wrist and it, it's something you know it it's i'm not saying go out and just grab your six inch pistol bit and try and cut in a hole you kind of got to get used to it and, and get the feel for it but uh it's one of the few augers out there that allows you to do that especially in that six inch size and you're you're really a powerful man too i mean it's you're no average average human <laughs> i don't know if i'm powerful i'm large <laughs> but <laughs> So you're dropping down, and what do you, you know, if you go down there and you're not seeing exactly what you're looking for right away, um, how much how much time are you investing in places until you rule it out? I mean, honestly, if it depends on the type of structure that you're on, the type of weeds that you're on. Um, if it's if it's more of a of a leafy style weed that you can actually see, you know some sort of a distance maybe it's just a few feet but you cover that flat to the point where you feel like you could see uh, 
a large percentage of it. Mm -hmm. If there's fish there, obviously efficient. If you're not seeing much of anything, then I just get out of there. I mean, I, I really won't won't fish pretty much. I mean, for the most part, everything I fish, if I'm not marking or seeing fish, I'm out of there. And it's usually just a matter of a couple minutes. I mean, um, when you're fishing shallow water, you can run into the instances of, of having auger shy fish. And in most cases, if I'm fishing real shallow, sometimes what I'll do is I'll fish them, is I'll check those holes, and if there's nothing there, but I have that gut feeling that it's going to be a really good spot, I'll just come back in an hour and a half or something, let them settle down, and see if the fish move back in there. And one of the things, uh, if you're watching this on video, that you may have just seen is that I caught a fish, so it's one to nothing, I'm winning right now in our conversation. But that wasn't really why I wanted to bring it up, though. But what happened is I threw that fish in the hole, and I usually throw them head first, but that one didn't go head first. And one of the cool things that people don't realize with a six-inch hole and why there's such an advantage to the six-inch hole is if you lose that fish at the hole, they have a hard time turning around in the six-inch hole. Exactly. So when you're a guy like you who's tournament fishing, and every fish can be the difference between winning or being in 15th place... Um, losing one of the holes is a big deal. Exactly, exactly. And that's something that a lot of guys overlook. And especially, I mean, get that's one of the ones I get all the time when, I, when I'm when i working at the ice shows or or just out and about fishing. You know, like I make a trip up to Red Lake usually, you know, once a year as much as I can. But obviously, like I said, with, with everything going on, it's not as easy anymore. But um, I always get the question from the guys, you're really going to use that six inch auger for walleyes but it's you know as long as you take the time to get their head turned up i've lost a lot of bigger walleyes in the hole and if you get their head in there it gives them gives yourself usually enough time to reach your hand down in there and recover the fish so you can you know if you're gonna fillet it or if you just want the picture or whatever but it's something that a lot of people don't think about and they just assume that it's not gonna fit but Mm -hmm. If you just take your time and do it right, I mean, there's definitely advantages of going with the smaller hole, in my opinion, and what I've found. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I mean, unless you're, I mean, there are guys that are up, you know, up fishing giant pike and stuff like that. Well, that for that, yeah, you want a bigger hole. But, you know, like you said, pretty much any walleye, you can get through a six-inch hole yeah. with no problem. And it, it's going to... It's going to save you more fish than you'll lose. Save you more fish than you'll lose. And then the other thing a lot of people don't really think about is it's going to save on battery life on your drill. It's going to save on life on your drill itself. I mean, all that stuff adds up, especially, you know, it's one thing if you're an angler that's going to go out for a weekend and, you know, drill maybe half a dozen holes and set up and camp out with the family. But if you're someone like me that likes to move around and isn't patient, you know, if you're not marking fish, I'm looking for the next spot uh, you need to be lightweight and mobile and you want your equipment to last you as long as possible and when you start pushing some of the bigger bigger drill style augers which I, i've really I, I haven't used a gas auger in i don't know five five seven years it, it you just want to make sure you maintain that drill because they're they're not cheap that's the business end of what what's going on there so um, that's why I choose a six incher. Yeah, you're going to get about 40% more holes of the six compared to the eight, and then another 40% eight compared to the 10. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a big deal.
The furnace kicks on again here. It was cold outside that day, but super comfortable in the fish house. We started talking about being friendly with other anglers. Now, there's a lot of people who are secretive of their spots online, but once you're out on a lake with them, they're more than happy to work with you. About a week earlier, I had someone pull their fish house right up to where I was set up. There was structure there, and I know the guy was trying to fish the same structure I was on. Instead of getting upset, I just went over and introduced myself. I made a new friend, and we both shared what we were seeing. He'd actually been fishing that spot the day before. We ended up moving together onto another spot that held some great fish, and we both did well. Al says some of his favorite people to talk to are spear fishermen. So check out this nugget. The other thing is when you talk to people, when you start talking about that kind of thing is spear fishermen, you know, guys like us that we're out here catching crappies and bluegills and you don't think about it, but a lot of them spear fishermen could give a crap less about the bluegills and sunfish, but they can tell you where the good weeds are. They can tell you about all the giant sunfish they're seeing throughout the course of the day. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot to be learned from other anglers on the ice and really what that comes down to is just being courteous and nice to people, just like you said. I know that uh, a few weeks ago you had a pretty good experience with with that, uh, basically on the same lake. Yeah. A guy moved in on you, and you guys had to make adjustments, and you worked together, and you both ended up catching your fish. So that's what it's all about is, you know, a lot of people put too much emphasis on limits of fish. You know, you got to have a big pile to have a good day. A lot of people put a lot of emphasis on keeping things a secret, but, it, I mean, it's there's a lot more to it than than just the catching the fish, just making new friends and new experiences and sharing the ice with everyone else that's out there just trying to enjoy it too. And having fun. Exactly. Well, Al Escobedo, I appreciate every time you come on. I love uh, getting next to you too. It's been a while since we've been able to fish together. Uh, this is a quick one. I think tomorrow we're going to do some more fishing together, but uh, cool to have you come out today. Thank you very much, Chris, but I will end on this note. You caught one fish, I think you gar hold me here. <laughs> I keep saying when you leave, I'm going to fish that hole because you have more marks over there than I have. Yeah, you definitely do. I can't get these things to move. I think it's just uh, I think it's the skill of the angler over here because you've got more fish over there than I do. I just catch them. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Talk to you next time. Al is a great source of fishing information, so much so that I've decided to have him help host the show. We're going to change up the format a bit for the offseason. We'll be talking about a wide variety of topics, just the two of us. I think you're really going to enjoy Al's perspective, and I'm looking forward to having him join the show regularly. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.